0: Todd Patkin is the author of Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety, and Finally Let the Sun Shine In. And he's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about something that we have in common with those reality show contestants, those national sports figures, those politicians, even Olympic athletes. And that is that we all share the common experience of facing disappointment. And Todd's joining us today to talk about how to handle just that. Welcome, Todd.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. It's great to be back on your show.
0: Well, I love speaking to you. I find you to be an incredibly inspiring person and, and love your advice, and it's so approachable and down-to-earth. But it's true, we do face disappointments, and as you point out, also wins.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's so important that we understand in life that, um, you know, usually when things don't go well, they they're, they're wonderful teachers. Um, Tony Robbins, who's a wonderful uh, mentor of mine, says that usually when something happens to you at the time that you think it's great, in the long run, it's actually usually bad. And when something happens to you that's a failure or something that's awful at the time, when you look back, that tended to be a catalyst for you. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example, um, when I was, I guess, about eight years ago, I retired from work and I wanted to keep busy, so I ran the Boston Marathon and I did it successfully, and at that moment, you know, I thought that was one of the highlights of my life, but six months later, I was in the worst shape of my life, Amy, because I had said to myself, I'm a marathon runner. I don't need to go to the gym, and I can eat these chips and this ice cream.
0: Conversely,
1: um. uh, perhaps when we do fail, you know, my son, I remember when he was young, he didn't make the basketball team that he wanted to. He cried, he got determined, he got angry, and he hired a a coach. A, you know, someone to help him. And the next year, not only did he make the team, but he was one of the stars. So, you know, again, we we need to understand that uh, we're all going to have failure. They say that the key to being successful and happy in life isn't how many times you get knocked down, but it's as long as you get up one more time than the amount of times you get knocked
0: down. Yes, so true. So true. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you said being a marathon runner, you you got complacent is what you got with your win, isn't it? So it is important to almost have a strategy to dealing with the winning as much as there is a strategy to dealing with the losing.
1: Well, you know, I was talking last night to um, my my cousin who's living with us from Venezuela because he wants to learn English. And I said, you know, you're such a great soccer player, but, you know, every one of us is great at something. When we first started out, we were lousy at it. And so we had to, just like a little kid, you know, You know, if a little kid starts walking and he trips, your parents don't say, geez, you know, you tripped, you're not a good walker, you know, stop trying. So we need to constantly understand that that's how we grow. Um, and that's why I, I used my Olympic release, you know. I just fell in love with Allie Raisman, who's the... Uh, Part of it's because she's from my hometown, Needham, Massachusetts, where I grew up. But she was the captain of the women's uh, gymnastics team. And I just felt like, you know, she was always upbeat. She was always positive. And she had her up moments and she had her down moments. But that's, to me, that's what a true champion is. Mm -hmm. It's not about the person who wins, you know, the gold medal. But then you find out a year or two later that, you know, they're really not a nice person. Um, And I'm sure there are many gold medal winners who are great people, but it's so important to just be a a good human being who's always striving to do their best.
0: And there's such dignity, I think, in taking both a loss and a win uh, with grace. I just think there's such dignity with that. Well, you say, and I think this is so important, not just for disappointments, but you urge people to act like their own best friend when they make a mistake or have a failure. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, this is really the you know the, the whole premise of my book I believe that in America we do a very bad job of teaching ourselves to be happy we've put happiness in the back burner for success and so what we do is we teach ourselves and our kids learn from us just to look at what we do wrong um, and it's so important that you become your own best friend I had a nervous breakdown which I share with people at the age of 36 which for me changed my entire world because before that I was incredibly successful, and I was unhappy because all I did, Amy, if I did a hundred things right in a day but one thing wrong, I just focused on the one thing and made myself feel rotten. And I find that most Americans do that. And when I go to high school and I ask the kids at the end of the day, what percentage of you go home and say, boy, am I something? Boy, was I great. You know, no hands go up. And when I say, how many of you go home and just focus on the fact that you spilt the milk and the kids laughed at you or you had one pimple, they all say that all they do is make themselves feel rotten. So it's so important that we shift away from this mentality in America of just looking at what we do wrong uh, to focusing on, the, on all the wonderful things we do.
0: Yeah, and that's so true. You know, it, it, it's so clear that our society is obsessed with success and perfection, and so failure does come as such a devastating yeah, I mean, shock.
1: My theory is that it all goes back to the fact that we are, you know, the American success story. Yeah. We're told that our grandparents came from overseas, and they didn't uh, have education, didn't speak English, and had little money, so they had to constantly look to improve. And I'm told if you asked our grandparents, they'd say, yeah, I don't celebrate when I do well. I just look at all the ways I can improve so I can feed my growing family, and so my kids, my grandkids will be happy. But we're not happy because psychiatrist, Amy, will tell you that you learn from your parents So I can tell you my dad learned from my grandpa never to celebrate anything. He just constantly focused on what he did wrong. And that's how we're teaching our kids. Every generation is learning more and more to just focus on their their inadequacies to improve. And it does make you more successful. But it makes you more mentally ill, and that's why we see more kids cutting themselves and burning themselves and feeling bad and and drinking and drugging and 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 taking antidepressants. And, and, and I'm not trying to be too negative, but right. the truth is, we just all we do is focus on what's wrong.
0: So maybe if we focused a little on our shortcomings when it comes to celebrating, taking time, and finding happiness.
1: <laughs> yeah. And when you loop it back to the the Olympics, you know, I, I say it, it's such a shame. You know, you, you've got a, someone who's the second fastest runner in the world and we call them a loser
0: yeah oh god you're so right you are so right although do you think a little bit that everybody wins mentality that that little kids get also can make it harder for them to face real mistakes you know what i mean bad stuff sometimes happens we really do screw up sometimes and we can't look at it as you know we always win. I mean, I I know what you're saying. The second runner or the second place is the second fastest runner in the world. And that's a huge accomplishment, but it's like the reality of being able to accept that some things can happen that don't feel good. And it's not the end of the world. It's that whole resilience thing. Don't you think? Yeah.
1: Well, I think everything in life that I've learned, it's, it's, it's everything in moderation, you know, you shouldn't exercise too much or not too little. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, even reading too much, which I think reading great, but you don't want to read your whole life. So I would say it's both ways. You know, if you yeah. come second in the world and you decide that that is so awful that you are just going to, you know, berate yourself, that's not. That's helpful.
0: tragic. Exactly.
1: Now, if you, you know, have your worst time you've ever had because the night before you went out drinking, um, of course, you should beat yourself up.
0: Good point. Well said, actually. Well, there is so much good information in the book. It's Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety and Finally Let the Sun Shine In. And Todd's story is so compelling from the beginning of when you had your breakdown. I think I think it some kind of epiphany occurred in a restaurant with you, didn't it?
1: Yeah, well, well what happened is the, the book starts with potato salad or coleslaw because at the time that I had my breakdown, I was so low, uh, Amy, that I couldn't even... I decide whether I a potato salad or coleslaw with my hamburger. Oh, so I realized at that point, I mean, I really wasn't even functioning anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, there's lots of great advice if you find yourself there or you just need a shot in the arm and some inspiration. Again, it's Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety, and Finally, Let the Sun Shine In by Todd Patkin. Can I, al-
1: can I also recommend my website because all yes. of my speeches are on there as well as my 12-week free program to happiness where I'm on, on each week with you on video. And that's at www.toddpatkin.com.
0: Perfect. And I'll put all of that on amystable.com as well. Todd, thank you so much. Great to speak with you. And thanks for the constant encouragement.
1: Thanks so much. Have a great day. You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table, a
0: girl's guide to living, with
1: Amy Tobin on Q102.